Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, what is happening in the world today that is making you happy and that you are thankful for? Oh, what's happening in the world today? Ooh, oh yeah, okay, so I, I work for a church that is yet to open an op shop. Okay. So that means that we're in the midst of... You're living in hope, in faith, in... Yeah, yeah, we're on our way there, um, which is awesome, which means that we have lots of stuff and we're doing lots of sorting at the moment and lots of folding and putting things in categories. And you find all kinds of weird and wonderful things down there, like... uh, I what I my 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 outfit. <laughs> okay, I was going to try and uh, mention something about the elephant in the room. So Lawson has uh, walked into um, Faith FM this morning, wearing a pair of overalls that must be at least thirty times too big for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, so I'm wondering the uh, significance of these overalls. Oh, I just found them in the op shop yesterday. I was down there with the boys, and we found these overalls. I was like, oh, these are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I put them on and now I look like a Teletubby and it's just great. I love it. I love it. What are you grateful for this morning? Uh, let me see. What am I grateful for? I'm, I'm grateful that um, our area has not yet been affected by fires, mm. even though there's a lot of smoke around. Um, we, you know, did a lot of work yesterday, just sort of getting the house ready in case yeah. um, anything crazy happens today. Mm. There's no immediate threat, thankfully. But, you know, who knows what might happen as the day progresses. And yeah. We need to be ready for it. Uh, fully, of course, we're going to talk, be talking about this um, a little bit later. I think in both of our segments, going to be talking a little bit about the the current state of the bushfires and what's going on. This is a reminder: you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Okay, so um, that late cool change coming through, that going to give us any relief from the fire conditions? Oh, I hope so. Yes. That, that's what they're looking at anyway. They're, you know, just for the midday, they're like really worried, but hopefully it, it blows over in the cool change. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Bring it on. Bring it on. It is interesting. Whenever that uh, southerly buster comes through and the temperature drops, temperature drops like 15 degrees in yeah. 15 minutes and it's like, whoa, what just happened there? <laughs> Um, I suspect, Lawson, you won't make it all the way through today with um, those pair of overalls, but we'll see how you go. This is uh, Wendell Kingborough. For God alone, I wait in silence, my soul is still before the Lord. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress strong. I'll trust in Him. I'll not be shaken. I'll not be shaken. For all my hope is in His love. From God alone. Steadfast love 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Wendell Kingborough with I'll Not Be Shaken here on uh, Faith FM. That, of course, is taken from Psalms 62. And Lawson is about to bring us our quiz for the day once he finds where the quiz is. I had, <coughs> had one on the back side of the card from yesterday, and I can't And it was a really good one, and he really, really wants to share it with you, and uh, that particular card has gone missing because it was just going to melt your brain. So we're just going to have to nah. just... Oh, I found it. Oh, no, there it is under his computer. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Okay, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Born okay. ready. Okay. Who am I? I am the father of Zimram, Jokshan, and Midan. Mm, no, nah, I'm going to leave that one for now. Ooh, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. But if you know, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. If you call up and get it correct, we'll give you a prize completely for free. Like, that's what we do here at Faith FM. We just give away stuff because we love you guys. We love you listening. We love it when you give us uh, calls and feedback and you text us and talk. And, of course, our text nine as well as 0491064669. So, yeah, just get in touch. We love you guys. Just please talk to us. Okay, cool. What have you got in the, uh, what have we got in the world of positively different radio? Lawson? Okay, positively different radio. Something, I guess, that's happening around Australia, well, specifically in New South Wales, that isn't so positive as we have the, the gnarly bushfires going on at the moment. Um, this is a huge thing. I, I believe you're going to be talking about it a, a little bit as well. But it's good to see a little bit of good news coming out of this, yes. um, coming out of this situation. And specifically... Whenever you get crises, you always have um, the best of humanity that rises, that floats to the top. Mm. Yeah. It sort of separates the best from the worst in it a cr- does. time of crisis. It does. Well, you see that in, in many different, you know, c- 
cat- you know, catastrophes and all that stuff, you've got the group of people who are going around, going around supporting others and the other group of people that's going around, like, stealing. Looting. In looting and stuff. But it's good to see. I, I think, you know, what, what we've seen from the bushfires so far is that for the most part, um, people are just putting in a solid effort in, in helping one another. And um, this story here is particularly interesting because that, that help is not only coming from, you know, the local areas that are affected and the areas surrounding that, but even Australia-wide. Uh, this is really cool. A hotel in South Australia, um, a small South Australian uh, hotel pub type thing, um, is calling for donations um, to help families impacted by the New South Wales bushfires. Now, this is... Um, particularly significant because the owner of that hotel, Helen Hatch, um, she lost, uh, her and her family lost their home and everything in the Pinery bushfires that happened in 2015. Um, and since that, like out of her pub, she's been setting up different, like uh, she's been a hub of, of donations essentially for the different bushfire catastrophes that are happening, that have happened around Australia since then. Um, in the time of the Pinery bushfires, like this small rural country pub raised over $50,000 for people who were affected, um, by, you know, uh, well, firstly, it was the Pinery bushfires and then so on. So, yeah, they're doing the same thing for the New South Wales um, bushfires. This is, this is uh, the Freelings Gungellan Hotel, you, you know, rural uh, Australian mm. town mm. names. Um, and, yeah, they, they've, they've set up uh, a fund um, to, to support the bushfires as well as accepting donations of, of clothes and toiletries and, and all these different things. Um, would that be to support the bushfires or the bushfire victims? The bushfire victims. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not to support the bushfires. <laughs> yeah, let's support the bushfires. Let's buy uh, jerry cans of petrol. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible what? idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is, this is a really cool thing, of course. Um, you know, she had some stuff to say about how, you know, how much the, the, the bushfires have affected her in the Past and she knows, mm-hmm. you know, the burden it can be. Uh, you know, she, as she said, waking up um, the next morning and like, because she escaped from the bushfires, her and her family with just the clothes on their back and yeah. nothing else. And when you've just got like, you know, you don't even have a spare pair of undies and socks, and you know, you you you're living on someone's couch. You don't have anything, and she understands the effects that people go go through, and so she's setting up a you know a fund for that, uh, as they've been doing over the years. And and yeah, I'm sure already there's probably a number of different funds, a number of different places you can go and donate to. It's just a matter of a quick Google search. And, and I, you know, I'm a wholehearted believer. Like if we have the ability to support people, we should, mm-hmm. um, especially in a time like. Like this, this is a time in which we need to come together. We need to help one another. We need to be a blessing to one another. Um, and just on that kind of vein, I was thinking about, oh man, how can how can uh, I don't know Faith FM specifically be a blessing in this area? Just by rem- I, I thought, oh maybe just by reminding the people what they can do in an event of a bushfire. I know that there's a number of areas. Um, that our listeners are from that are being uh, affected by the bushfire. So, so here's some stuff you can do. The first one, obviously, the biggest one that is just so promoted is to make a plan. Yes. Make a bushfire plan, have, you know, a route of evacuation, somewhere to go, means of transport, these kinds of things. Um, Make sure if you've decided to leave your home, make sure you close all the doors, all the windows, fill the sinks um, with water and move outdoor furniture away from the house. Uh, Make sure you pack food and water and a survival kit in your car, um, just everything that you could possibly need to 
survive, turn off your gas mains, um, make sure you phone up people. That's probably a super important one that's really overlooked. Make sure you call people who you know around, let them know about your situation, let them know about you know where you're heading and, and uh, where you'll be so you can be accounted for and whatnot. Um, also develop a backup plan, obviously, and... Um, yeah, just, just make sure you have everything ready to go. Secondarily, if you decide to stay and defend your home, I, I know a family from up in Kempsey, they're in this position at the moment where they've decided to, they have an escape plan, but they've decided for the time being, you know, to stay and defend uh, their home. Make sure you have um, at least a couple able-bodied, fit and determined people who have the ability to go out and to... Yeah, who are mentally and physically prepared for this kind of... Um, and an attitude this, to survive. Exactly. With some heavy clothing, preferably woolen. Mm. Make sure also you um, just check the radars and check if, you know, if you're in a red fire zone or a catastrophic fire zone and you've got fires coming through, like really make sure you're on top of it and make sure you're able, you know, prepared to fight something like that. Um, it is recommended that you have around 10,000 litres of water um, for the firefighting process and, uh, you know, pumps and hoses as well. Um, other equipment needed is, you know, a water sprayer, bucket, mop, and, shovel, and, and pumps that are not re- pumps that uh, do not require electricity is important. Mm. Yes. Because, you know, obviously if the power goes down, which is very likely to happen as a fire approaches, then you can be left, you know, for instance, my house, um, all of the water pressure within inside of my house is uh, runs off a pressure pump and I have no gravity pressure. I'm on tank water. So if the electricity goes down at my place, then I have no, no access to any water that I can mm. use to hose anything. Yeah. And so, yeah, yesterday I, um, I, I set my place up with, um, you know, a little – Little petrol pump down on the dam, and yep. um, I've now connected that to a, um, a a fire hose that I can use it as a fire hose and be independent of electricity if mm. need be. Hundred percent. Um, also, like just a quick one: make sure you check your insurance. This is just a big thing. So the reason that the family that I know up in Kempsey, why they're why they're staying and defending, is because they found out that their insurance doesn't cover bushfires. Yeah. Wow. Which is. Awful, like is an awful. Oh wow, awful, that's a trap right there. Because you would just situation. assume that you know house and contents. Yeah, um, you're covered exactly. So, but if there's a clause in there that exempts you from bushfires, then you need to call your insurance company. You need to find out, and you need to get that sorted. If that exactly, is the case. like you need to do that asap. So make sure if you win, if you're in that situation, go through those processes. You know, make those. You know, do those steps um, to be as safe and as protected, not only, you know, um, physically, but economically as well. Um, something it's also saying here, as you're saying, woolen clothing, one of the biggest killers in in bushfires is radiant heat. Mm-hmm. It's not even burns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, make sure that you have protecting clothing. All this stuff is outlined on the different, you know, SES websites and, and you know. Yeah, it, 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 it almost seems to be counterintuitive that when it is 37 degrees and there is a blazing bushfire that you need to be rugged up, but you need to be rugged up, you know, to the max, which means that you need to have a ready and easily accessible source of hydration because you're going to be sweating yes. a lot. Um, but you need to be wearing woolen clothing. You need to be wearing, um, you know, long sleeves, gloves, um, headwear, um, preferably hard hat. All of those kind of things are the kind of things that you're going to need to have in fighting a fire. You know, it's the, the temptation is to strip off to, uh, you know, shorts and, 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 and T-shirt 
and be nice and cool, but you cannot function in a fire environment like that. This is Ellie Holcomb with Red Sea Road. We've buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us, said our goodbyes at the grave, but everything reminds us. God knows we ache when he asks us to go on. How do we go on? We will sing to our souls. We won't Welcome back, guys. That was Ellie Holcomb with The Red Sea Road. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Nobody got it off the first clue, so let's see if you can get it off the second one. Who was the father of Midian and Jokshan and Imran? And, yeah, let's have another clue here and let's see if we can nail it this time. Okay, I'm a little bit confused by this next clue. Mm -hmm. Like, I might just be dumb, but... You might. I don't know if this there is, is this possibility. Like th- fully, but 
I don't know if this is correct. Okay. Let's okay. hear it. I married a woman named Katura. Yeah, it's exactly who I was thinking it was, and I should have written this name down last time. Okay. <laughs> it is correct. Just so it you is know. correct. It is correct. Oh, 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 it's correct. Okay, yeah, it's no double prizes up for grabs. You're going to have to Who tell was the me. husband of Katura? Katura. Man, is that like an alternate name or am I just having one? Am I falling you apart? You are going to. You are falling apart at the seams a little. It, it seems like it's a call. 1-800-324-843. And you can win a prize completely for free, of course, if you know who that is. So, yeah, call us up. We love you. Um, now, Lyle, what's going on in Yeah, so I was just thinking uh, during, the, during, the, during the song break there, some of the other things that you can do in preparation for fires, of course, mm. is uh, if you're living in a rural area to make sure that your gates are unlocked to give the fires access. You know, yes. so they don't have to worry about um, pulling out a set of bolt cutters and, and cutting their way through. It's just a whole lot quicker if they just open the gate and, and drive straight through. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and if you've, if you've got animals, then, you know, you might even consider leaving those gates open to give them an access of retreat if it's necessary. Mm. Um, but, yeah, anyway, okay, so... Uh, millennials and Generation Zs. Oh, yeah. Young people in general. Here we go. You know, you know what's gonna, you know what's gonna be good when it starts off with millennials. Oh, watch out! <laughs> Millennial rebels. Oh, that's me. Yes, <laughs> this is you, Lawson. Okay, what am I this rebelling against? Okay, so young people tend to rebel, and there's always been this rebellion culture. Uh, what's interesting is um, a rebellion culture that is emerging on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Rebelling against mainstream culture. Yeah, sure. It's okay, and what it is what it's called is weird Christian Twitter. Weird Christian Weird Christian Twitter. Okay. And this is a actually a very large and rapidly growing group. Mm-hmm. Um it's actually been noticed as a uh, you know a complete social movement of its own, particularly um you know being headed up in the United States where they seem to love Twitter. I've never been able to get Twitter, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> um in the States they'll all love Twitter. And um guess how this this group of people are rebelling against Christianity. How so by making memes like uh no. No, you might think so. Yeah. But no, not at all. By embracing orthodoxy. Okay. Once you think about that for okay. a moment. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Because Christianity and, you know, particularly uh, Protestant Christianity, evangelical Christianity, has spent the last uh, probably 60 years embracing culture. Uh-huh. So culture has become secular. Christianity has become secular. Christianity um, has found itself, you know, Protestant Christianity has found itself in free fall for the last 60 years. Uh-huh. Evangelical Christianity has been on a steady decline throughout that entire period. And, uh, and, and at the same time, it's been busily embracing every cultural change that comes along, particularly in the West. Mm-hmm. And so this is a group of young people who are going, you know what, that's complete and utter failure. And they don't want any part of it. And so they are forming a rebellion culture, as young people are wont to do, by embracing orthodoxy. This is made up of uh, mostly Roman Catholics, but to a certain extent, high church Anglicans and orthodox young people. Like, that is awesome. 
Like, yeah, in a way, in, in a way, in a way if, they okay. were, if they were also embracing the Bible. Yeah, yeah, fully. I, but I, I'm just like, the, from my perspective, oh, the biggest problem with young Christians is just not wanting to practice. Like, it's just not living out their faith. Yeah. And I'm just like... It's just a, yes. it's just a label. It's, it's just a label. Just okay, so this is people who are air. embracing things like liturgy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're into you know the smells and the bells, you know all the incense and the bells okay, and uh, okay, aesthetic okay. mysticism and relinquries and uh, stigmata and um, hesychastic prayer and um, uncreated light. All this, you know, some pretty weird stuff in there. Yeah, okay, okay. And this is why I say I wish they were embracing the Bible. Exactly. We need to start a rebellion movement where people turn around and embrace the Bible. Exactly. But yep. you know, on the other hand, it's not all bad because mm. they are embracing biblical concepts such as you know sexual ethics. Yes. Um. And, you know, looking at, at the non-permissibility of divorce, for instance, they are against abortion, they are against uh, gender identity, ideology and politics, um, they are against LGBTQ plus relationships, pornography, um, they are even in favor of speaking fav- favorably in relationship to celibacy, which I think is a terrible idea. And of course, it's not found in the Bible, but anyway, that's the way it is. And they're kind of split on Francis. Ooh. Because some of them see him as the Antichrist, <laughs> um, and because he's liberal, and some are, you know, fiercely supportive of church hierarchy. Yes. Because they say our democratic system has let us down. We need to get back to a hierarchy. Mm hmm. Now, this is a very, very interesting movement. Let me okay. share with you why I find this so interesting. I when, I was in, when I was in college back in the 90s, um, the president of our college, um, Colin Standish, used to talk about you know, the culture of the time. So this is, we're going back to like 92, okay? Mm-hmm. So back in 1992, uh, you've, got, you've got evangelical Pentecostal Christianity exploding this is the this is the era of the origin of the mega churches mm-hmm. and any kind of orthodoxy whatsoever at all was just absolutely despised so the rebel movement at that time was a movement that was the complete opposite of orthodoxy in fact anything that was unorthodox was celebrated mm. and we were told back then that the pendulum would swing and I remember having several conversations in which he's like, you know, this is where the pendulum has swung right now. It's swung way, way, way over here to the left, um, where, you know, the, 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 the way to rebel is to be, by being unorthodox. The way to be a Christian is to be unorthodox. Unorthodoxy is celebrated. Mm. And I remember him saying, it's going to swing the other way. Wow. It's going to swing back towards liturgy. Because the devil never wants you to be in the middle. The nev- devil never wants you to be, you know, where you're going to find Jesus Christ and where you're going to become centered on the Bible. He's going to push you one way or the other. And culture Fully. does that. And there is, he, 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 he said, you know, within your lifetime, he's passed away now, but within your lifetime, he said, there will be a swing back towards liturgy. Hmm. And in a way, we're kind of seeing it with the, you know, um, weird Christian Twitter. It's it's yeah. it's actually there. A hundred percent. I think you know, it, it, it's kind of like a call, like a like a catchphrase. It's like, oh, young people are the future. But like that, like they honestly, like the the culture of the young people is going to define the fir- the church going into the future. Yes. And so, if there is this swing amongst the young people, as those young people who have certain ideas get older. Well, then we're going to see, yeah, the church go that 
direction and you know the christian ethos in general go that direction uh well the christian the the mainstream christian culture so yeah we'll i guess we'll see how it goes from there so so these are these are a group of people that are seen as are seen as being post-liberal mm-hmm. so they um claim that liberalism and you know it's very close associate um which is secularism has failed politically and culturally uh-huh. it's just sent us down the tube um, and created a world that is devoid of mystery, devoid of a meaningful God. Mm-hmm. You know, like because God, God is made out of plasticine and can be formed in any shape you want Him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a God that is greater than us, because if we can form God into any shape we want Him to be, then how can He possibly be greater than us? So, is post-liberalism just a reversion back to traditionalism? Like, is that yeah, well, kind of, about? kind of. Like, is it, it's just come after liberalism, but it's just it's just a movement that's just pointing back to traditionalists. Yeah, well, in, in in many ways that is the case, but it's going to have a very different flavor as it comes back around the second, you know, or the third, or the however yeah. many times it's coming back around. But they've they've basically identified, you know, Christianity as it is today has become subservient to culture, and therefore is meaningless. And if Christianity is going to have any kind of meaning, we need to embrace the weirdness and the strangeness of Christianity that we've been trying to get rid of for the last 60 years. We're trying to be, we've been working so hard to be like the world that we've forgotten how to be Christians. I can see this becoming militant in the future. We'll see how, see how it goes. It's going to be very, very interesting <laughs> to watch what takes place in the future. This is the Emmanuel Quartet. Moses was just a baby boy When his mama put him in her boat And the river took him home He met a pretty princess It wasn't enough Till I heard a voice from a burning bush Saying, tell old Pharaoh to let my people go free David was just a shepherd boy When the prophet said he would be king Even though he was the youngest son He heard about a giant Went to see the king Grabbed a bag of petals and he sung his sling And the rock of ages brought the mighty giant to his knees Well, you may feel a bit insignificant When you're standing next to one of those men But there was nothing special about him Until they let the Holy Spirit in And with a mighty hand They took their stand While everybody else is making cheap talk It's not the size of the man that matters All that matters is the size of the rock Have you heard about the baby king? Arco's herald angels sing He was the father's only son Taught us about heaven We nailed him to the tree But in three days he was alive and free Because the heart of the rock Was mightier than the stone 
So the next time you feel insignificant When you're standing next to one of those men Like there is nothing special about ya Just let the Holy Spirit in And with a mighty hand You'll take your stand While everybody else is making cheap talk It's not the size of the man that matters All that matters is the size of the rock Mighty hand Take your stand Listen to me brother Cause I'm talking to you Jesus is the only one to carry you through All that matters is the size of the rock Welcome back, everybody. That was the Emmanuel Quartet with Size of the Rock here on Faith <laughs> FM. We're about to have another uh, clue for our quiz. Let's see if you can get it sorted from this one. There is a prize available. Who am I? God called me a friend. Okay. Who did God call a friend? Man, that's uh, awesome. I want to be God's friend. Yeah, okay. So we're getting um, strange looks from our producer, but there are very few people in the Bible if any others, where God specifically used that kind of language. Mm. So, give us a call, 1-800-324. We should all be the friend of God, and I think most of the people in the Bible were friends of God, but this person was called a friend of God. Mm. All right, joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. John Ashton. John, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Yes, John, we've got you there loud and clear. Wonderful. Um, welcome to the show, John. It's uh, We've had a little bit of a break while we've been trying to sort out what happens with the breakfast show, which we're trying no, to... No, I can, I can hardly hear you. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm wondering whether um, our producer can turn my volume up because John can't hear me. Um, can we get any more volume going into the phone we're having? We are having a few technical challenges here at the moment, actually. Um, let me just see whether we can make any differences here. And uh, and get that. Um, I, I can see we we're, we're moving. We've got a whole bunch of buttons going all over the place out there. So, Johnny, any improvement yet? Hello. No. Hello. Yes, I can hardly hear you. All right. So sort of as if you're in the distance. Okay. Maybe turn the volume up on the phone. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is going to be this could be a bit of a challenge here, Lawson. Yeah, we have a. Uh, I'm super looking forward to this interview as well because John's one of our absolute favourites here. Um, turn the volume up on the phone, Shell, if you get a chance. Um, and um, yeah, one of our absolute favourites here on the show, and we're just not able to get him on the phone. We can Sorry. we can hear him loud enough, but he's not able to hear us for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, Lawson. While we're waiting to get that um, happening, um, yeah, what's up? What What did you do to prepare for the bushfire? Anything? Oh, well, firstly, I got these very appropriate overalls that I'm currently wearing, um, and secondarily, I don't really need to because I live beside a lake. Yeah, I I live beside a lake, so I'm like I'm good. Like that's the thing. I was talking to my dad this morning on the phone. Actually, I'm I'm going to be picking my my sister up from work as she lives up as she works up in the Hunter region and um and yeah, it's like you know we're talking about fire escape plans. I just need to walk like fifty meters and then I have escaped the fires. 
and just sort of go for a bit of a swim and yeah, tread water for the next couple of hours. Put my, and- put my feet in the water and I'm good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm chilling. And plus as well, because where I live is pretty densely populated, like there's yes. lots of houses in that area. Like it's unlikely... That fire would penetrate that far. Yeah. Into yeah. an urban area. Like it's... it's. I don't think it'll make it there. So, yeah, I'm... So, you, I'm, haven't, you haven't cleaned your gutters or anything? Nah. Nah, I'm chilling. I'm like, so an ember attack, you know, um, embers coming, you know, out of the out of the clouds and landing in your gutters. You just yeah. Look, if I was at home, like as well, we're we're renting, so I'm not. Okay, is that working now? <coughs> okay, let me just see what we can do here. Um, let me see if we can organise something with this phone. Hang on a second. Like this and like this and like this. <clears throat> Let me try doing it this way. All right, John, can you hear me now? Uh, yes. Okay, so we've got a we've got a bit of a workaround happening here. It's <laughs> it's going to be a bit challenging, but um, we'll get through it. So, John, welcome to the show. So glad that you are able to join us once again. And I understand that this morning that we're going to be talking about the Big Bang. What can you tell us about the Big Bang? Where does this theory come from? What is the basis for it? And how does it impact the discussion of um, evolution impossible? Okay, so there, the Bible clearly talks about uh, God creating the, um, the sun and the moon and the stars on the fourth day of the creation week. And for a lot of uh, people, even Christians, this is something to... Uh, is a, a bit of a problem in their mind because many of us have been enamored with this uh, concept of the Big Bang, which initially was um, some intense form of energy uh, suddenly appeared and um, expanded uh, very rapidly and the energy, of course, can convert into matter. We have familiar with the equation E equals MC squared. Energy is equal to the speed of uh, light squared times mass uh, D and um, and you know everything condensed forming the, the stars and uh, all the nebulae and these sort of things that we see and, and hence the planet okay. whereas the Bible clearly talks about for example Isaiah 42 uh, verse 5 says us says the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out you know, so we we have a different picture here that God created the heavens on day four and stretched them out. Now, John, just coming back to this concept of the Big Bang, because I think for the average person, it seems strange that nothing would one day blow up. Is that is that a, is that a, an accurate depiction of what science is actually saying in relationship to what happened with the Big Bang? Like there was nothing there, and then there was energy. And then that energy exploded. Well, they talk about it as a singularity. And so a singularity is just some single event that's before it. But let me uh, perhaps give you an example. Um, We've all seen ocean waves. Well, most of us have seen ocean waves. And what uh, we don't realise, of course, is that those particles are, are moving up and down, but the wave appears to move forward. Now... If, and sometimes you can do an experiment in the uh, physics uh, lab um, in a, um, a little wave tray where you can tap the water at one end of the tray and tap the water at the other end of the tray and two waves 
move across the tray and when they meet one another, if it happens that the up wave from one side happens to meet the low wave from the other side, then they cancel out and the wave and the water goes perfectly smooth for a moment and then suddenly the waves appear again. Because what happens is they've been cancelled out, but in actual fact their energy is still there. That's uh, they're just matching and then they suddenly appear again. So if you happen to walk into that classroom just when the water was flat and you saw the wave table, then suddenly waves would appear out of the water. So this is the sort of scenario that they have that, uh, you know, before there was something that uh, they don't know what it was, um, it condensed and then re-exploded again. So it's, it's that sort of thing. So you can play around with maths and um, and so forth and, and come up with these sort of scenarios. And that's exactly what the Big Bang was, that somehow this exploded. But there are major problems with the Big Bang theory, and a lot of Christians have come across and said, oh, well, God used the Big Bang. But there are a number of problems with the standard Big Bang theory, and, and that is that there's no known source of energy or no way that the... Um, matter could expand as fast as it is required to expand. Um, and that is that it, in order for the universe to um, cool down sufficiently and to expand to its size, it, it actually had to expand much faster than the speed of light. And so they call this inflation theory. And what essentially they say is for the universe to form, the current laws of physics that we know them as we know them today mustn't have applied back then so it's a huge fudge factory it's sort of like creation the other factor that they have is that if energy forms matter and condenses into you know different uh, particles pro, you know, you know, protons and, and so forth these become like a gas like hydrogen or helium they're not going to condense together and, and form matter and, and synthesize the heavier elements unless there is already some gravitational force there produced by matter. So hence, in order for the Big Bang Theory to work, they have to have an entity called dark matter, which no one has ever detected, but it must be there, otherwise the stars can't form. And they also have to have this dark energy, which accounts for, you know, how the energy behind expanding the, the universe. So they have major problems. Another major problem is what we call the horizon problem. And that is that if energy travels at the speed of light, then there's not enough time for the universe to reach this uniform background temperature, which we have. So the temperature in the universe is, is fairly uniform as far as we can measure it across the uniform, but there's not enough time for the energy travelling at the speed of light to dissipate itself uniformly. So they had their own major time problem. So the Big Bang Theory, there's so many objections to it that there's... So many uh, experiments have been done to attempt to verify it. They've all failed. Um, but yet it's the, the scientists keep working at it because it's the only 
theory, well, I mean, there are lots of other theories that have been put forward, but it's the most popular one that gets around uh, the need to have a creator God. Is that so, because is that is that because is it the most popular one because it has the least number of problems? No, um, it's probably the most popular one because it's the one that is leaves God out of the picture. Um, when we, there are other uh, theories that uh, are around, for example, the uh, Chameleon cosmological general relativity theory. Um, and if you apply this theory, and, and some creationists have worked with this theory, you can overcome cosmic expansion and, and you don't need the fudge factors of dark matter and dark energy. But that's very similar to the creation picture. See, with the Big Bang model, they have what is called the cosmological principle, and that is that no matter where you are in the universe, the universe looks the same. And, and perhaps I can illustrate it this way. Where, when we look out in space, it, we look very much as if we're in the centre of the universe. But the people don't want that because that, you know, secular science don't want that because, again, that seems to come down to the Bible position that God created the earth and then created the universe and we're in a very central position. We're very special. Um, and, you know, it sort of is too close to the biblical model. So the model that they have is sort of like this, that, and, and people think that energy and matter expanded in space in the Big Bang Theory, but no, the Big Bang Theory is actually space expanding in a fourth dimension as well. And one of the reasons they do this, oh, and I should say that, by the way, the fourth dimension has never been detected or proven, so it's another hypothetical entity. But... Just imagine a balloon. If you're blowing up a balloon and, the, and you've got this balloon and you draw some little circles on the surface of the balloon, you know, so say they're the size of a five-cent piece. You draw these little circles on, on your balloon and then you start blowing the balloon up. So as you blow the balloon up, those little circles expand and also they move further away from one another on the surface of the balloon. And so let's blow the balloon up now to full size, maybe, you know, 300, 400 millimetres in diameter, and we've got the balloon there, and we're holding the balloon so it's a sphere. Where's the centre of the surface of the sphere? There's no centre. Yeah, so where's no the centre of the surface of the Earth? We can have the centre of the volume of the Earth, but where's the centre of the surface of the Earth? There is There's no centre. no centre. Yeah. There's no centre, right. So this is essentially, so what we've done with the balloon is when we drew our little circles on the surface of the balloon, that that skin of the balloon is only two-dimensional, right? It has, well, negligible thickness. And so when we blow it up, that surface, that two-dimensional surface is expanding in three dimensions. And when it does that, there's no centre. So if you can Im imagine, the same mathematical rule applies. If you have a three-dimensional space expanding in four dimensions, there is again no centre. So what I'm getting at is this, that the Big Bang Theory is just a mathematical fairy tale, really. It's, it's just playing around with maths. It doesn't fit what we observe. And there's, a matter of fact, a few years ago, hundreds of scientists signed a petition saying we need to stop you know, talking, you know, researching the Big Bang Theory and teaching it to students because it just doesn't work. It just doesn't fit 
the data. There are so many problems with it. Um, another thing I think that worries um, uh, Christians, of course, is that how if the universe is so big, how do we see the light from stars that are billions of light years away? Doesn't this mean that the universe is very old? Now, this is another thing, you know, and, and hence, how can the stars have been created on day four? Well, there's a number of things that we need to understand here that commonly people don't understand. And that is that time, the rate at which clocks tick, depends on gravity and also the speed that the clocks are travelling. And so we have a couple of we have a couple of things here where the Bible talks about God stretching out the universe. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. again, yes. how fast we did that, that is going to affect time. And also, if initially we don't know what you know gravity uh, was. Now, let me illustrate this, for example. With the satellites that operate, that run around the world, that uh, you know provide us with our GPS signals and all this sort of thing, they uh, are travelling about 12,000 kilometres an hour and so forth. But the fact that... Um, they are travelling at that speed, um, slows the clocks down by about five microseconds a day. But also the fact that those clocks are out so far from the Earth's gravity, they actually run faster by about 42 microseconds per day. So they have to correct those clocks by about 38 uh, microseconds per day. They're running 38 microseconds per day faster than the equivalent uh, clocks on Earth. And what that means is that if we didn't correct, if scientists didn't correct, engineers didn't correct for that 38 microseconds per day, you, we would accumulate position errors on Earth of about 400 metres per hour with our GPS. We'd be out by 400 metres so what we don't understand is that time and this concept of time when God created is very different. Another one is the, uh, the Reichenbach synchronicity equation. See, what people again don't realize is that when we talk about the speed of light being uh, 300,000 uh, kilometers per second, right, which is a long way, mm-hmm. and then maybe 6,000 miles per second, that this is the average of the two-way speed of light. We don't actually know what the one-way speed of light is. It's impossible to measure. And the reason for this is that we have no way of knowing when the light started. If we send a signal to find out when the light started, that signal has to travel at the speed of light as well. And the Reichenbach synchronicity equation in the, uh, um, when you, uh, has a, uh, a coefficient factor in the epsilon. Now, what Einstein did was he assumed epsilon to be 0.5. But it can, that value can, according to the laws of physics, have any value between 0 and 1. And, um, if we choose the value 1, then we have instantaneous light travel towards us. And light traveling away from us, travels at half the speed of light. Wow. And so John, John I, hate to, I hate to have to butt in. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've run out of time. We've, we've run out of extra time. We're going to have to move on with the show, but it's been wonderful having you here on the, on the program. No worries. All the best. God bless. It 
has no arrogance or pride. It seeks the good of others first. It keeps no record of wrong or hurt. It finds no joy in wickedness, but rejoices in. We'd love for you to come and fellowship with us and worship God at Wollongong Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find us at the corner of Victoria and Young Street and join us for Bible study every Saturday morning at 9.30. And service at 11. See you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.